Hey, thanks for joining me today on Prayer in the Word. This is Matthew Bryant. Welcome to Prayer in the Word podcast. This is episode 15, going through, praying through Philippians, chapter 1, verses 12 through 30. You're joining in and going to be listening into a recording that I've done for my church on praying through Philippians. And uh, we're going through Philippians as a church, the Village Baptist Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And uh, as you listen in, we're going to be modeling a uh, how to pray with an open Bible. And so I've got my Bible open. I hope you do that as well. Sit there with an open Bible, listen in, join with me in prayer as we learn how to pray together with an open Bible as we seek the Lord and letting our prayer life be prompted by the prayer, uh, the Word of God, and then let our prayers be sharpened by the truths of Scripture. So uh, as you're listening to the podcast, you find it to be helpful and uh, would invite you to Go ahead and subscribe on whatever podcast listening service you use and also would invite you to leave me a review. Uh, you can also reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you at MatthewCBryant.com. You can subscribe to my podcast uh, podcast there. You can also subscribe to my blog, get other helpful resources, learn about my book, How to Pray, 15 Days to a More Biblical, Joyful, and Consistent Prayer Life. If you're looking for a way to grow in your prayer life, I highly recommend this short little book. It's very, very helpful on just taking practical steps each day over 15 days on how to develop a more biblical, joyful, and consistent prayer life. You can get it on Amazon as an ebook, or you can get it on Amazon as a paperback. Go ahead and check it out. Go to Amazon, search Matthew C. Bryant, How to Pray. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's dig in. Joining me again for Praying Through Philippians. We're looking at Philippians 1, 12 through 30. Let's read the text here together. Uh, verse 12 says, I want you to know, brothers, once again, remember he's speaking to the Christians, it's brothers and sisters at Philippi, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. We'll come back to that at the end of seeing how we, we should remember that the uh, one, no matter our circumstances, we still seek the Lord because he's worthy to be sought. It's a principle I learned from Daniel Henderson of God, the only enduring motive for prayer is that God is worthy to be sought. And so we want to be consumed in our prayer life over the worthiness of God. And so let's look at the text here together. I want you to know, brothers, in verse 12, remember he's talking to believers, the Christians, brothers and sisters at Philippi, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And we'll come back and look at this in our summary of how this ought to prompt our prayer. But first and foremost, remember this principle that the enduring motive for prayer is that God is worthy to be sought. I learned that from Daniel Henderson uh, in several of his books. He makes that a point to emphasize the enduring motive for prayer. The only enduring motive for prayer is that God is worthy to be sought. So regardless of our circumstances, but here in particular, what Paul wants them to see is that it's actually these circumstances that looked like they were terrible have really served to advance the gospel. And so all the more in our circumstances that are difficult, we need to lean into uh, seeking the Lord and what? Trusting in Him. Because what has happened looked like it was uh, for evil, but what was happening here has really served to advance the gospel in that Paul was thrown in prison for preaching the gospel. And now what has happened? So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest of all of my imprisonment and to all that the rest of my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word 
without fear. And so Paul's imprisonment has not only uh, come about to expand the territory in which God's name is known and glorified through the imperial guard, that is, imprisonment is for Christ, the glory of Christ, and it's also gone to give boldness that the word of Christ would be preached and spoken without fear amongst the brothers. And so it's served for the good. Trust God, especially in the difficult circumstances, and keep seeking Him in prayer. Verse 15, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, those that are preaching Christ from a goodwill, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. 17, the former, that is those that preach Christ from envy and rivalry, they proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. And uh, Paul continues to seek the Lord and encourage the church here regardless of these circumstances. What then, he says, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So we ought to rejoice in our prayers when Christ is proclaimed. We ought to rejoice at the proclamation of Christ, whether that's from false pretense or whether from goodwill. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. This will turn out for my deliverance. So Paul invites them to continue to pray by celebrating and encouraging them on how he knows that it's through their prayers and through the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ that this will turn out. His imprisonment will actually turn out for his deliverance. And so he sees his imprisonment as part of actually bringing about what he mentioned earlier in praying for them, that they would bear the fruit of righteousness through Christ. So somehow Paul sees his imprisonment as part of that helping him bear the fruit of righteousness in Christ until the day of Christ Jesus. And so this is turning out for his deliverance. And it's through our prayers. And that's why we're to pray for others. We're to pray for believers. We ought to be particularly praying for those who are being persecuted for their faith. That that persecution, rather than bringing about fear and shame, would bring about boldness and ultimately bring about a confidence like Paul has here that this will turn out for their deliverance. Verse 20, And as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed, but with full courage, now and all as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by my life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And if I to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. So our prayer should be consumed with a desire to honor Christ, whether by our life or by death. Verse 23, Paul says he's hard-pressed. I'm hard-pressed between the two, though, whether to live or to die, that is, because my desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. May we pray for that sort of an attitude to know and believe that to be with Christ is far better than any treasure of this earth. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. So we pray for 
progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So that's his hope, is he come to them again and encourage them in that. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or I am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit. And he's going to be sending Timothy to get a report of how are they doing, and you'll learn about that later in the letter. And so with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, to pray for unity that we would serve in the body of Christ with one mind, side by side for the faith of the gospel. And not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. Your salvation is from God. I ought to give your heart much praise and thankfulness. Verse 29, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. And so we ought to pray for an attitude and a heart that have readiness to be ready to suffer, not only to believe in Christ, but to be ready to suffer on his behalf and for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. He's still in the fight for the glory of Christ, even from a jail cell. So no matter what your circumstances are, stay in the fight. You stay on the, in that fight on your knees, praying before God. Let's look at a little summary here. Prayer should be marked by, in Philippians 1, 12 through 30, uh, trust in God's sovereignty, especially in hard times. He was in prison. He was also um, uh, and, uh, having people that were preaching the uh, gospel under a false pretense to try and uh, sort of uh, rub it in his eye a little bit. You know, and even in those times, Paul says, I'm going to continue to trust in God. And he saw how these things, these bad things are happening to him uh, externally in the outside of being put in prison. These things actually were turning out for uh, the good of the advancement of the gospel. And it was also for his good. It was working out the fruit of righteousness in his own life. And so he rejoiced in Christ being preached, no matter the circumstance whether it be false pretense or out of goodwill. And so our prayers ought to rejoice in Christ being preached, and we ought to pray for deliverance and strength of other believers by the power of the Spirit of Jesus. That's why Paul invites them to pray for him. Keep praying for him for deliverance and strength because it's by their prayers and by the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ that he would be delivered. And then a desire for Christ to be honored in our life and in our death. So we ought to consume our prayers, the honor and glory of Christ above all things, whether that's by our life or whether by our death. And we ought to pray and desire for progress and joy in the faith, uh, not only in our own lives, but the lives of others, and then pray for a readiness to suffer for Christ. And I like this word readiness. It's introduced to this uh, by Daniel Henderson um, in his class on prayer and also a number of his books that touch on prayer, especially as it relates to the readiness aspect in prayer of how prayer uh, readies our hearts for the spiritual fight that we are engaged in, in which we need divine power to fight this battle and uh, to engage in the fight for the 
glory of Christ. And so the Lord's Prayer ends with, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We need God's help. He is great, and we are in great need. And so let's take some time and pray and let these things mark our prayer right now to the Lord. So God, regardless of our circumstances right now, Help us to trust in your sovereign hand, that you are working all things for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And that good is that we'd be conformed more to the image of your son, Jesus, and for the advancement of the gospel, because that's the the good, that's the blessing to all nations, that Christ would be preached. Uh, And so, God, uh, we rejoice and celebrate Christ being preached, whether that's through our suffering or, Lord, through the suffering of other believers around the world. We rejoice in that. Or even if that's through false pretense, God, we pray and rejoice in Christ being preached and ask for truth uh, to be guarded and, Lord, for your truth to be known. And, Lord, for ultimately, we know those who have false pretense that their judgment will be uh, yours, that you will judge, and you will judge rightly. And so, God, I pray for uh, the continuation of the proclamation of the gospel uh, here locally, Lord, and around the world. Pray for deliverance and strength, Lord, of believers who are being persecuted right now, Lord, that they would have strong, confident assurance in their deliverance through Christ. And, Lord, that they would feel and sense that power of the Spirit of Christ right there with them right now. God, as they suffer many in jail cells right now, for all for preaching Christ. God, would you give me and others, Lord, here listening, a desire to be uh, to honor you, whether by our life or by our death. So, Lord, you have everything. Uh, Lord, would you get all the glory with every bit of our existence? Would you get the glory? Even our death, God, be glorified in that. And, God, I desire, and, Lord, pray for a greater desire in the life of those here listening now for progress and joy in their faith. God, would you give us that um, fruit of the spirit of joy and help us to progress in our faith and grow uh, through the fruit of your spirit, Lord. And prepare us. Help us to be ready to suffer for the name of Christ. Help us to be ready to engage in the fight this week for the glory of Christ. And that fight to be pure, to be blameless, all until the day of Christ Jesus, until you return. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining me today on Prayer and the Word. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a minute and subscribe on whatever podcast listening service you utilize. And also, please give us an honest review on how it was. And if you found it to be helpful, take a minute and share it with some others. Get the word out. And uh, be sure to join us next time as we continue in our series of Praying Through Philippians. Thanks so much. See you next time. 